Hey everyone, this is Smiling Homeschooler Podcast. My name is Ben Wilson and I'm one of the hosts of this show. We have something a little bit different in store for you this week. My dad's other podcast is called The Family Man Show and it is geared mostly for dads and husbands. However, this week he had a guest that he thought would be encouraging for homeschool moms as well as dads. So we hope you enjoy this interview and if you think your husband would like to listen to a podcast on being a dad, then send him here as well. Before we begin, I also want to thank Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring this week's podcast. They make math fun, and you can check out their website at teachingtextbooks.com. So, let's get going. Here's my dad, Ted Wilson. Well, we have a special guest with us uh, this morning, today, uh, Pat Jarrett, um, speaking all the way from Colorado. Uh, Pat, I've known Pat for a long time. Now, we haven't like been best friends, but we've our pads have been crossing for at least maybe 25, maybe even longer years. Uh, so, Pat, it is good to have you with us. Thank you. It's good to be with you guys. Well, why don't you just tell us, give us a little background. Tell us about yourself, uh, your kids, and uh, any other important information you think we ought to know. Sounds good. Well, yeah, speaking of paths crossing, we, uh, my wife and I both went to high school with Todd's wife way oh, back right. in the day. And that was 30-some years ago. Won't, uh, won't quite approach the 35-plus for us, but it's, <laughs> it's awfully close on it. So my wife and I uh, ended up uh, meeting each other in the second grade, although neither exactly remembers that moment at an elementary school in Carmel, Indiana. And our paths crossed again when our family started attending the same church they did and we uh, connected as friends at Heritage Christian School in Indianapolis, and uh, after a whirlwind romance in eighth grade, oh wait, no, that was my junior high desire, but no, that didn't happen. <laughs> we, uh, we started uh, seeing each other after a long friendship as uh, maybe something more towards the end of high school and ended up dating for five years, going to different universities and finally getting married immediately following graduation, at least for me, was a great incentive to get done with college sooner, being at different uh, campuses, different schools, knowing that we had to graduate before we could get married. And so we have now been married almost 29 years. Next month will be 29 years. And in the midst of that, somehow we picked up 13 kids along the way. Uh, We had five girls and eight boys. Uh, The girls are on the older end of the bunch. In fact, uh, as of now, uh, we only have one daughter left at home. We have seven left at home. So our oldest daughter still at home is 17, junior in high school. And our youngest son is five years old and kindergarten. The overall range, 26 years. Uh, oldest one is married with four kids of her own. And then, uh, they range all the way down to five. So we've had a, uh, a full life somehow through uh, the last 29 years. That is full. That is full. And that's why we're having you on the show. Um, because, you know, uh, uh, I, I don't think we've ever done a show, Scott. Maybe you can correct me on on having a bunch of kids. And uh, because, you know, kids are on the heart of God. And I know there's a lot of pressure on uh on dads and moms and people, um, maybe because the world doesn't put as much priority on children. I just want to encourage us in uh, in family. 
you know. Uh, well, how did this? You, I know the journey of uh, having a bunch of kids starts with one, you know, one at a time. Sometimes you can have two. Um, but did you always want a bunch of kids? I know you came from a big family, but uh, uh, because uh, I know that your family was always like the, uh, and th- I'm talking about the family that you were born into. Uh, Debbie's family would always talk about the Jarrett's, the Jarrett's, the Jarrett's. Uh, how many children were, were in your family? Maybe how many were in your wife's family? And then, you know, did did you always want a bunch of kids? Yeah, it's, uh, that's been obviously a lifelong journey. As you said, you don't start with a bunch generally. I mean, there are uh, ways to do that, but we sure. earned ours one at a time. So uh, it's when I introduce myself and the, invariably the subject of kids comes up at work functions, you know, what, what do you do? How many kids, how do you have kids? And I've thought of responses at the time. I've got fairly dry humor. And so I've got lots of good one-liners that this, depending on the audience, for the right. shock factor, pull out. But uh, it's fun often just to simply say 13 and wait for it. Because <laughs> there's always a, a thing after that, right? A 13-year-old, oh, is he in seventh grade, boy or girl? That, no, we have we have 13. And then to, to go from there, there's always a conversation that ensues in that. So uh, there's an opportunity to give glory to God in, in the midst of that story. But uh, to answer your specific question, my wife uh, was one of two, oldest of two, and I'm the oldest of 10. Um, but even in that number, it's a little misleading. I grew up most of my life with really four of us, uh, typical mid-sized family, you would say. Um, and then, uh, when I was a young, almost teenager, um, my dad got really, really, really sick, uh, and was sick and in bed and, you know, you don't pay much attention to it. I think, man, dad never gets sick. Why is, why is he sick? But he was laid up for a week and a half, two weeks to my recollection. And in the midst of that, um, was declared completely sterile, um, medically should not have been able to produce children at that point. And here we are a family of four and, uh, Lo and behold, after that, six girls were added to our family, uh, all through God's providence and natural processes and uh, no intervention of any kind. Um, My parents had two sets of twin girls, both identical, which the odds of that are staggering. I I didn't bother to look it up again, but Mm. having back to back sets of identical twins is is off the charts, as they say. So uh, we did have a big family, but I came by most of those later in my teen years. In fact, my youngest sister was born when I was a freshman at college. So had a little bit different dynamic uh, to the family in terms of I felt like a much older cousin or maybe an uncle uh, in the early years of our marriage. A cool thing was, even though my wife was one of two since we had dated so long and known each other so long, we were dating before my youngest siblings were even born, um, which really set up a lot of pressure on me to actually follow through and ask her to marry me because I probably would have been disowned and they would have kept her at right. the question. <laughs> she agreed. So that worked out really, really well for both of us. Well, did you, so did you, 
I mean, I, I know people will, uh, when Debbie and I were married, you know, and, and people are even asking my kids who are married, you know, like, how many kids do you want? And I'm thinking, I never even thought about it. I never thought about, like, uh, you know, I just, uh, if you would have said, well, do you have kids? I'd say, well, well, yeah, I guess. You know, I mean, I guess I never thought about it. Did you and yeah. your wife come into it thinking, oh, we want to have a large family, too? Did you, you and your wife always see eye to eye on the number of kids you'd like to have? Yeah, great question. Um, because we, we were friends for so long and she knew my family, you know, sometimes you meet your spouse later in life, uh, maybe worked together, you met at school, not knowing the family backgrounds. We went to the same high school, went to the same church, so she knew my family pretty well from reasonable proximity. And so, yeah, conversations came up in the midst of um our dating years and then certainly when things turned to our engagement we were engaged about 13 months so we had we had time to talk about some of these things mm -hmm. and she was intrigued by our family uh really respected my mom and um just her love not only for her kids but love for others and my mom had a mentality that there was always room for one more whether that meant one more in the family or one more guest at the dinner table um, it was just a practice of our family really set up by the influence of my mom, uh, that hospitality was huge. And that was really intriguing, uh, to my wife, Lisa, um, coming from a small family and her parents were incredibly hospitable too, but just a different dynamic, you know, a family of four versus a family of 12. Mm -hmm. So there's always stuff going on in our house. And so we did have time to talk about that. And I'd say we thought maybe five or six kids. Uh, mm -hmm. in those times, you know, we could see that happening at least four, maybe five, maybe six. Uh, but it's one of those things you grow into, I would right. say, you know, you don't start off with 13 kids. You don't start off with six kids. You start off with one mm -hmm. and really the defining, uh, process for us, uh, aside from seeing the lifestyle and testimony of not only my family, but a couple other large families that we knew of was, we spent a considerable time during that year of engagement just really searching through scriptures on what God had to say about kids. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked to godly friends. She talked to uh, faculty at Taylor University where she went, where she uh, that she really trusted and admired in terms of uh, their teaching and, and biblical training. And we got all kinds of uh, responses and answers uh, when we when we talked and asked to people. But in the end, as we searched scriptures and just thought, what does God say about kids? We found over and over that kids are pretty important to him. Mm -hmm. uh, kids are really um, considered a blessing, uh, not only a physical blessing, but a blessing. And at the end, he is the author of life. And so after a long period of wrestling with that, we came down uh, to the conviction that if we truly believe that he is the author of life and we truly believe he's sovereign, then we can trust him with everything. And that means everything. And we had no idea that uh, our quiver was going to be a Costco size quiver when we made that early decision. But uh, we were convinced and convicted that God could be trusted. And I can tell you after 29 years of marriage and 13 kids, it has not been an easy journey and just, hey, 
this is so fun and a party every day and and not any work at all but i can tell you that he has provided for us every step of the way uh financially emotionally uh spiritually physically and doesn't mean it uh doesn't have its pitfalls and and hiccups and uh and challenges but he has been faithful and uh here we are pressing on about halfway through the uh the journey of having the kids physically at home so it's still an unfolding story for us for sure well, see, you're way more spiritual than I was. I mean, I, again, I was the guy like, oh, yeah, I guess we should have one now. <laughs> you know? uh, but yeah, we, 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 uh, kinda... we never talked about a number again after that uh, in terms of, uh, well, yeah, here's here's the cap. Or, yeah, we're approaching six. Should we rethink? I, now, I will tell you that every time a new one was coming along, my wife cried. We were never <laughs> ready for that next uh, child. And I'm glad that... Uh, gestation process is about nine months because it took us at least six and a half years to the idea each time uh that's so amazing i mean because you know our kind of little journey was uh you know we we thought four was a good number and by about fourth i was like hey that was kind of fun how about we do another and and uh my wife at one point said you know we keep talking about how many kids we want to have you know we've never really said how many kids would god want us to have and it was just like, it just blew me out of the water. I'm like, that is so true. Everybody sits around and says, how many kids do you want to have? How many kids do you want? But nobody says, you know, again, how many kids? And we kind of came to that point that you came to only way earlier um, mm. than us. You know, that we just said, you know, God can be trusted. Why would he give us any less? Why would we want any less than he would give us, you know, I mean, it's like hundred dollar bills. We would say, keep giving them to us, you know, don't stop. Right. right. Um, and if for us, it got a little harder on the other end when he did stop, you know, uh, that was kind of a, a, a shocker to us. Um, but how about other people? Were other people, I know your, your family was probably very supportive, but were, was everyone supportive? Because I know, you know, when you have a few, like when you have four or five, you know, it's kind of a cute number. You know, they're like, oh, they're they're a big family. But then you kind of get to that bizarre number, you know, whatever number that is, you know, and they're like, you're surely they're done. Were, were the people around you supportive? Closest people, yes. Uh, certainly my parents were, um, my mom, who 10 years ago now went to be with the Lord after a, a battle with breast cancer was a huge encouragement to Lisa in those early years, just as someone who had walked through that before, um, just always so excited for us. Our kids were very supportive of it. They would be the ones who would lead the cheers when we announced the next one was coming, uh, which was affirming, you know, they weren't going to have to share the load quite as much, but they were going to have to share us. And so, uh, that's been amazing throughout. And even to this day, the kids are like, you need to have at least one more mom. We need a little girl. Keep the numbers out or whatever. So we're yeah, at this point, it looks like we're collecting grandkids and in in-laws, but, uh, any, I don't know. I just, are, I heard a lady on the news recently. She was 77 and gave birth. That's amazing. God bless her. <laughs> that's right. She looked half dead. Uh, but, <laughs> but, this uh, child. <laughs> But aside from immediate family, we didn't get any of the, the crazy, like, radical pushback in the gr- confrontation in the grocery aisle when right. Lisa was taking the stair-step kids 
down through the aisle and, you know, doing errands together, anything like that. But you definitely got the, the comments. Um, oh, don't you know what causes that? And, right. uh, here, let me get you a cable subscription or those type of, uh, of comments, but those kind of stop. I don't know if they were in, in your experience, but for us, they stopped at six. Mm-hmm. At that point, they figure you're a lost cause, and <laughs> that's right. There's no way there's anything they can say that's going to change mm-hmm. your mind. So that's yeah, right. Four and five, you start to feel that pressure a little bit, or the uh, yeah, as you get a little big. And after six, it's okay. I'm going to interrupt their podcast here for just a minute to thank our sponsor, Teaching Textbooks. Teaching Textbooks is one of the best math curriculums available, and our family used it for many years, and it is the math curriculum of our choice. Teaching Textbooks has a new 3.0 version of the curriculum that is better than ever, and you can access it from Windows, Macs, Chromebooks, even smartphones and tablets. Every math problem is explained and demonstrated in a fun and easy way that helps your child understand and takes some of the stress and responsibility away from you. Teaching Textbooks stores your child's grades so you can easily ensure that they are learning and you can check in on their progress. Teaching Textbooks makes math fun, and you can visit the website, teachingtextbooks.com, to check out a free trial and view a sample lesson. We want to thank Teaching Textbooks for all their support of the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. Well, you know, because there's some dads that are listening, you know, maybe they have, a, maybe they're they're new in the dad department, you know, they've got a couple kids, and they, even Ben, you know, my oldest, and they have two now, and he's like, Dad, how'd you guys have eight? You know, it was just like, almost like, how could we survive the third one, yeah. you know? And, yeah. uh, and thankfully, you know, God only does it like one, maybe two at a time, but what's the best part of having a big family for the Jarrett family for you, for you as the dad? Yeah. Um, for me personally, how I benefit is showing how stinking selfish I am mm-hmm. is radiated in each one of those little lives. Uh, when you have to discipline yourself you have to self-sacrifice i mean i suppose i wouldn't have to i i could just you know have <laughs> right. kids and and say hey this is your department go take care of them mm. sweetie and you know i'm gonna go out hang out with the guys and i got a big golf match this weekend and i was really thinking of taking up a hobby like cross-country mic- motorcycle uh riding across the u.s i'll be back in a month i guess you could do that but yeah, you wouldn't stay very married very long. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, personal sanctification has certainly uh, been, I, I must have had a lot of rough edges that God needed to uh, hack off and use the chainsaw and the jackhammer and everything else because kids really do refine you. They bring out and show you and reflect to you where you think you're doing pretty good until confronted by your kids on something, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's in their lives and recognizing, oh, man, that looks not what, what I would have passed on or just being confronted with. Oh, I'm going to have to lay down my desires for today and help serve or lead. Um, aside from that, just having a big family can be a huge amount of fun. Holidays are an absolute blast. Uh, when our family gets together. In fact, we're doing a road trip out here from Colorado Springs to meet up with a family that's based in Indiana and South Carolina, and we're all meeting in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, Mm. pitching in all the resources together and renting one house. So for one week, there'll be 59 of us under one roof. And uh, our family has a reputation, and people tell us all the time, man, you guys amazing you really love each other and like to spend time with your extended family and your siblings and everything my family doesn't have that and 
So I'm hoping by day three we can remember that that we really. <laughs> That's do. right. Uh-huh. This is a great idea because we're uh-huh. going to have uh, about 39 kids under the age of uh, 25. Uh, wow. all gathered in this along with the siblings and so on. So holidays and gatherings are a blast. Um, so wait, what, what house are you renting out the Biltmore? That's <laughs> just down the street. No, they, uh, there's this, there's new wave of, uh, vacation rentals, uh, for corporate retreats and extended family reunions. And so as uh-huh. I was searching like home away and Airbnb and stuff, there's, there's this whole in- industry that's sprung up for these kind of, extended family reunions knowing that you know nobody's one house is big enough for all these people so they're designed just as big people wow. cabins wow a bunch wow. of bedrooms we have about 25 that go so you don't have to fight over the theme room and and, all <laughs> that's that. right. uh, and hopefully with the smoky mountains right out the back door we'll get our introverted downtime out in the trails and uh, come back and just collapse at the house Mm. Well, you know, I mean, I would think people would say, you know, it'd be obvious when you have a bunch of kids, you know, some of the challenges, but maybe are, were there any challenges that have surprised you or maybe that that might even seem harder than, than just logistics? I mean, cause you know, it's hard to squeeze everybody in one car. Now you have to have two cars and, or three right. cars, or, but what are some of the, what are some of the hard parts? The hardest thing for me, particularly, uh, is it related to the father kid dynamic is just being able to spend one-on-one time in a meaningful way you know we we talk about wanting to have quality time with the kids a lot of times they just want quantity time and they're cool with uh, having group time with mom and dad but we can tell often that they just crave one-on-one time in fact i think it was last year our now nine-year-old for his eight-year-old birthday. He just wanted time with mom and dad. And mm. so we we did a little very short overnight uh, bed and breakfast getaway. And his face was lit up with a smile from the minute we got in the car to leave to the minute we got back. You know, we had dinner at the bed and breakfast and watched a old cheesy movie together. I think it was Herbie uh, rides again or the love bug. It's a good one. It's a good one. Classics with Dean Jones. And that's right. He hadn't seen it before. And so, uh, I mean, what doesn't say I love you like watching buddy Hackett together. (laughs) Oh man, you're, you're a good movie guy. (laughs) We'll have to have you on for another show. We could do just the Dean Jones movies. There you go. (laughs) And we went on a hike the next day that he'd got to go on his first horseback ride. So stuff that we just don't do together as a family, because, you know, outings are expensive. Uh, We don't order drinks when we go out. So we got to find ways to, uh, to spend creative time for one-on-one. And that's probably the biggest challenge for me as a dad is feeling like I've got enough of me to spread around that my wife has enough to spread around. So we've just had to get creative over the years. If one of us is going on an errand, we'll grab one or two. Um, I remember my mom telling us when we'd ask, how do you do this? How do you, cause it never seemed to us like you didn't have time for us. And her answer was she would pray each morning, Lord, show me who needs me most today. And she would invest in that person. And so we've tried to incorporate that into to our lives as well. And it's amazing to me. I think it's, it's often more in our heads as moms and dads 
regarding that than it is in the minds of our kids. I mean, there are times that they think, yeah, wait, man, I wish I was one of two, then I could do travel soccer or travel baseball or do these things that yeah, just logistically we can't do. Um, but in the end, when we ask them as now young adults, those who have left the nest, what do you remember? And that as they unsolicitedly give us feedback, often it's, you just never seem too busy for me. If I was having a problem or having a concern, you never seem too busy, which is crazy because from our end, it's like, uh, that's the thing <laughs> that threats out the most is right. thinking, ah, we're not getting all this individual attention to the kids and things. But, you know, practically speaking, we'll just grab one of them. If I'm going to Home Depot, I'll, hey, I'm going, do you want to come with me? And I'll tap one on the shoulder and come. And if he rejects me, which would be rare, uh, grab another one. Or if I'm going on a, a mountain bike ride uh, near us here, I'll grab one or two of them, or at least offer. And uh, if they don't, then I, hey, I get an hour of loan time. But if uh, they do, then I modify the route and we go have fun on the trails that I know they like and uh, that kind of thing. So we try to mix it up. We don't take the whole family everywhere. And as the kids get older, that's easier. Say for the young dads or moms out there, if you have four kids under the age of six or seven, you feel like this is all there is. It's diapers, it's cleanup, it's making dinner it's just picking up toys but it changes the dynamic does change they grow up start them early on helping with chores and everybody plays a part and before you know it all of a sudden you get a 12 year old and hopefully with some uh, reasonable level of responsibility and you can actually do a date night uh, potentially maybe when they're 13 14 without paying a babysitter and uh, starting to reclaim some of that time that you think I am just never going to have a date with my spouse again, or we're never going to get to do stuff. So that changes you, as, as the dynamic gets older. And when you say Pat, I mean, cause I know when you have, when you're in the, the six year old, you know, you're, that's your oldest and you're, and you just said 13, you know, you get a date night and the parents are thinking, Oh, 13, that's a long time from now, but it really goes fast. Doesn't it? I mean, can you, can, can you believe like you said, that you're you're running out of kids. No, we look around the table. We've got seven at home, or you know, sometimes five nights if the high schoolers are out doing something. What did did it? Did you guys call everybody to dinner? Where where is everybody? There's only seven of us here. It feels so empty. But no. it, uh, the dynamic changes, or even you know, even when we had eight or nine or ten, just having one out of the house changed the dynamic a lot, which doesn't seem like it would, but but it does. So uh, what would you say? So what would you say to the dad, you know, maybe he's maybe, you know, that he's like, oh, man, I hate this conversation, you know, and I hope my wife doesn't hear it because, you know, she's thinking she'd like to have more. And I just don't know. What do you say to a dad who's maybe, you know, in that position? Well, the first thing I'm going to ask him is, is, has he prayed about it um, and what what's holding them back in that area. Um, is it fear, fear of, is there enough of me to go around? Will I be able to give the kids the individual attention that they need? Is it fear of finances, uh, which is a big one for, for dads often feel like, Hey, we got to provide for these kids that, that God's given us already. And, and bills are coming due and there's just so much to go around and, and it can be a real 
real challenge or real obstacle to think through that. I can tell you just from my experience over the years that uh, it has not always gone according to the journey I thought. Uh, during the 2008 to 2010, I was out of my normal industry, which is home building, uh, during the recession when our company eventually closed its doors that I worked for. And so there were three years of very lean times, but we saw God provide every step of the way for every need. And that's a whole nother story, but I can tell you that God does provide. He does provide that time. He does provide that energy day by day, and he does provide for you uh, financially. Um, So I would say, yeah, first pray about it and ask God, what do you want from us? And I'm not going to sit here and say every family needs to have 13 kids or 10 kids or even four kids. I think God works sovereignly in the lives of each family. We, we know couples who have the same outlook, uh, we do and have one kid or two kids. And, uh, we know some that have 10 and, uh, don't know a lot that have 13 or more, but there are, a lot of different shapes and sizes. God makes families in different ways um, in terms of size and, and how it plays out. But I would say to the dad that's considering this, the wife is thinking it, talk together, husband and wife, pray about it. And uh, don't, don't give in to fear is your first uh, reaction to it. And uh, don't worry about, will I be able to be enough to, uh, to invest emotionally and spiritually in each of those kids, physically, all those things. It's a day-by-day surrender in all of our life, and uh, the kids' part of it is is no different than the rest of life in that surrender. Mm. You know, and that that is such an important truth, because I've heard Dad say, well, I mean, if we just let God decide, then we're just going to have, you know, we're going to have a dozen kids. And, and that's not true. And like you said, uh, you know, because God doesn't have 13 kids for everybody. He doesn't have 18 kids or 10 kids or three kids. You know, he's got a plan for everybody. And just because you get to that point and you go, okay, God, whatever you'd have us do, it doesn't mean you're even going to have any more children. But it is is a, it's a saying to God, you know, I believe you when you say children are a blessing from you, you know, okay, I'm going to trust you in this. And and like I said, uh, after we had eight, we would have liked to have had more. And God kind of closed that door. And we had to come to the point, you know, of dealing with God at the end as well. We had to say, okay, God, you can be trusted at the beginning. You can be trusted in the middle. You can be trusted at the end of this too, you know. And and that was a surprising thing for us because we thought, you know, early on we would have just thought, oh, when you're done, you're done. But right. uh, there's a point where you really have to trust God with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, our, our uh, like you said earlier, our, Youngest son is now five, five and a half. And so for us, that's a long, long time. Our, our kids are averaged about 19 months uh, difference down to between number 12 and 13. We're three and a half years. So now here we are at five and a half years. Wow. I can say that uh, things are completely done, but it looks like that. But right. you just don't know. We've had a, a couple of early miscarriages uh, since our youngest son, Nolan, was born. And yeah, that's a different wrestling. You know, life is still full. We uh, we will never probably experience that true empty nest. We we didn't have the uh, 
uh, gap between youngest child and oldest grandchild where we just have this overwhelming yearning for grandchildren. And uh, I miss the pitter-patter of little feet because <laughs> our youngest was still pitter-pattering when our oldest grandson was born the same calendar year. So wow. it, uh, it's a different dynamic. <laughs> that is so cool. That is so cool. Well, hey, when you start adding the grandkids. Oh, man, it is. Uh, well, we're out of time. Yeah. And uh, we may have to do this again. Talk about, you know, Buddy Hackett and those guys. <laughs> um, but uh, thanks for just doing what you do. Thanks for being open to God. Thanks for letting us watch you. Um, and I hope there were some uh, dads who may be encouraged. Hey, Pat, if uh, if a dad wanted to contact you, yes. um, this is kind of off the, the I, you know, you can say no now. We can cut it out. But um, but how would they get a hold of you? Let me uh, throw out my email address for them there. And they'd be ha I'd be happy uh, to correspond or ans answer questions. That would be great. I think of so many mentors in my life and our journey in different areas of life. Uh, and I'm constantly challenged to learn from people. So be happy to offer that if, if people wanted to reach out to me on that. But it's uh, Jarrett.tribe. J-A-R-R-E-T-T -T dot T-R-I-B-E at Comcast.net. Well, that'd be great. Uh, and again, uh, thanks for being on the show, Pat, and have a great day out in Colorado. Thank you. I appreciate it. Our family man calendar order is coming today. Awesome. Delivery notice, and I am excited about that because I'll put in a plug for you here. This is a gift I get for many guys around me uh in my life each year and it is a highlight for them so ironically the calendar entry today as i looked at it this morning was order your calendar and i felt <laughs> really, really proud and good that my calendars are arriving today awesome awesome well have a great day thanks thanks guys okay well hey scott i don't know about you but uh, again i'm just always encouraged by dads who you know who trust god and i'm not saying to all you other dads that you know, that that if you don't, you know, do what Pat did, you've somehow fallen short. You know, I mean, we're all in different stages, but I would encourage you, you know, to, to listen to the heart of your wife, to listen to the heart of God and maybe maybe reconsider, you know, that maybe God would maybe God would just uh, have us trust in him, uh, the number of our children. And again, if you maybe have a different story, I'd love to hear about it. Uh, you can contact me uh, at uh, FamilyMan at FamilyManWeb.com, or you can get a hold of Scott. He leaves his uh, email at the end of the show. Um, but hey, Dad, I sure appreciate you being on the team. Again, you can get your calendars just like Pat has. Uh, we've got them on our website. Maybe you've been talking about for a couple years to get one of the Christmas games. Uh, I had a mom <laughs> write me yesterday. She goes, the shipping is so much. I can't believe that. And I'm like, it is. I'm sorry. I wish it weren't, but it just costs that much for us to send them to you. Um, so would you check that out? Uh, bite the bullet. I think it's an investment worth making, and it sure encourages us as well. So have a great week. Uh, if you got some snow, enjoy the snow before it melts. And uh, if you don't have any snow and it's nice and warm where you live, I hate you. <laughs> so have a great day. Uh, do something with one of your kids. Uh, maybe, like Pat said, maybe run one to when you're going to Home Depot or, or Lowe's or the post office or wherever you're going. And do it because you did that. We hope you enjoy this unique episode of the Smiley Homeschooler podcast. We'll be back to normal next week 
but we hope that what Pat had to say was encouraging to you. Also, if you are interested in any of the products my dad mentioned, go to thesmilinghomeschooler.com and you can check them out there. We also want to thank Deacon Textbooks for sponsoring the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. If they make math fun, you can check out the free trial over at their website, teachingtextbooks.com. We'd encourage you to do that, and it's also very affordable. Have a great week, and as always, keep smiling.